This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When the ball is in the goal, it's not Shearer nor Cole, it's Amari. And this is Blue Monday. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. This is a live match reaction show looking back at last night's game at Southampton. And I'm joined by two of my esteemed colleagues. It's Craig Finbo, who was watching in the warm and dry at home in Essex, and Joe Fairs, who's had a real day of it today. Um, Joe, talk us through the, the logistics for your day yesterday and today. Well, getting down there was it was we got stuck at Dartford on the way down there, so it was a, a slow day down there. And then obviously we had the issues with the M3 and the M25 and the A12 on the way back. So I got in at sort of just after two o'clock in the morning, and then my wife was working in London today, so it was handed over to me for school runs, making sure they had everything, picking them up, taking them to football clubs, standing in the rain, getting soaked for an hour, and now. I just want to go to bed, but I couldn't resist talking about last night's game for another hour with these guys. And Craig, I, I imagine you're you're pretty jealous, maybe not of um, Joe's evening on the A12, but the, the game before it, or the game in between it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but you know, as it, you've got to fight, pick your battles wisely, Mikey, you know, you're in your fledgling career as a married man, you know, I've got a few years under my belt, I've got the tickets for Huddersfield and train tickets for Bristol were in my pocket. So, you know, I, I can't be pushing things too much. But now I had a very relaxing day. Yeah, nice, nice, solid night's sleep. And uh, I've got children old enough to look after themselves and get themselves out the door at half seven in the morning. So, yeah, happy days. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, this is obviously a live show. So please get your questions in. Put a cue before them and I'll I'll get through as many as I can later on in the show. Thanks to everyone that's joined us already and said hello. Um, we've got loads of you in the chat and speaking of live shows you can join us in the flesh on october the 7th for our live show after the pressing game craig it's only 10 pounds a ticket all of the details are in the youtube description and our website bluemondayitfc.co.uk can you believe it's only 10 pound a ticket to to watch and listen to us well absolutely not and also it's even cheaper if you're a telegram member mikey don't forget there's a special discount um if you're that way inclined and yes you know you may even get another um 
who wants to be a millionaire level uh, type game show going on um, at the live show this this year as well. So yeah, it's worth every single penny. Fabulous. And the star guest, um, it's not you, Craig. Um, the the other star guest is going to be announced on um, Sunday's flagship show, apparently. So that's um, something to to watch out for. Um, but let's get into let's get into this Southampton game, shall we? I know. Joe's desperate to get to bed. So <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the team news first of all. Um, there was quite a few changes, wasn't there, Craig, from that team that impressively won at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, one of them, of course, there was no choice about um, about uh, Leif Davis not starting. But the other ones, were there any surprises there for you? Or could you could you see Kieran McKenna's thinking? Um, potentially, well, yeah, I suppose the, the surprise was, um, Hutchison coming in for, for Broadhead, um, and also Taylor in for Luonga. I did, I did wonder at the weekend whether that particular mid centre midfield change may happen. Um, one by virtue of there being games so close to each other. Um, but also just given, um, Southampton's propensity to not bother tracking their their runners um, into their own box. That you know Taylor may be able to play that role that he he played for Peter in terms of getting forward and getting breaking into the box and getting on the end of things. Um, so I wasn't potentially too surprised by that one. And the Hunters one as well. I, as it transpired, it was a masterstroke. Um, but I do wonder whether that was also linked to to Davis not being around in that. Um, Hutchinson would then provide the width in front of Williams, if you know what I mean. So Williams wouldn't be going forward and breaking down the wing and slinging things in with his left foot. You know, he'll he'll be cutting inside. So in front of him, there needs to be that width. And whether you now that swayed it in into Hutchinson's um, favour in terms of his natural width, giving him giving us that width further up the pitch on the left. Just to remind everyone of that that starting eleven, um, this graphic has. Nicely covered up, Craig, here. So it's uh, Ladke in goal, Clark right back, Wolfenden and Burgess centre-back. Uh, Brandon Williams, as you mentioned, came in at left-back. Morsey was joined by Jack Taylor in, in midfield. And then it was Burns on the right, Chaplin in the number 10, Hutchison off the left and Hurst through the middle. A little bit disappointed not to see Broadhead, Joe, or, or can you kind of see the thought process there? What were the injuries that he suffered this time a year ago? Yeah, and I think the point Craig made is a good one with regard to sort of having someone playing from sort of in to out rather than out to in out there as well to keep the pitch wide. But I think he's he's a player that he has not got a brilliant injury record, Nathan Broadhead, has he? And whilst he has played basically every game since he came here, it took him a while to settle in. But he was the one when we played the sort of Friday, Monday and the Easter Monday, Mr. Cheltenham game, wasn't he? So I imagine he is a player that we do manage carefully. And even when you look at games, he sort of, once you get into the second half game, he does sometimes just start to disappear out of them. So I, I just don't think he's got that same level of fitness as the likes of Burns and Chaplin do. So he's probably the obvious one that drops out. And you've, like I say, he's such a good player. You have to protect him. And he showed it when he came on how good a player he is as well. Absolutely. And let's just talk about the Southampton team. Flynn Downs was injured, Joe. Bit of a shame not to see him, but in in, in some ways, but maybe not in others. Um, quite an attacking looking lineup, wasn't it? Arebo was playing central midfield. I always thought that he was an a- attacking player and he was he was the one that replaced Downs in that midfield. Yeah, and he was playing really deep, wasn't he? And Armstrong mm. is—he—he he doesn't play where it shows him there, but he was—he no. was almost playing as a number eight, really, wasn't he? Rather mm. than a—I mm. think he looked like a ten when I last saw him play. 
as opposed to the nine previously. But he was he was playing really deep in there, and it's I don't know. It's a it's a very it's a midfield that doesn't protect quite an inexperienced back line very well with regards to taking the ball off them and giving them some protection when it breaks. It's quite I know it looks like three number eights in there almost to me. Yeah, so just just to remind people, it was uh, Bazunu in goal, Walker Peters, Charles Harwood, Bellis, and Manning at the back, and then yeah, a rebone Smallbone with Armstrong probably playing in front of them. He he sort of had a free roll really, didn't he? And then a Dozy on the right, um, of course, um, Fraser, formerly of this parish, on the left, and um, Che Adams, who also dropped deep quite a lot as well um, at times, playing through the middle, um, but still. A dangerous Southampton team, that one. Um, what were your expectations going into the game, um, Craig, or did you not really have any? Well, I think it's similar along similar lines to the Leeds game, really, in that, and I think you know Joe spoke about it at the weekend, that he was very confident that if it came to a straight shootout between coaches, um, we'd come out on top by virtue of having a, a better manager in charge with a better tactical plan. However, if you look through their team, as you say, Mikey, you know, there's players who cost, well, there's centre-halves who cost 12 million quid in their team, um, let alone the, the players further, further up the pitch. And it only does take one or two of those to sprinkle a bit of magic and do what they're supposed to be doing in the Premier League last year to open us up, you know, by virtue of just being better players um, in the right place at the right time. So, I mean, so it wouldn't take too much to um, to do that. So that's the only fear at the back of your head is you think, well, we're going to be set up right. We're going to be attacking the right way. We're going to be solid at the back. But it does just take a little bit of magic from one of those players should it uh, happen. You, you wouldn't think that Martin's tactics would outdo us. It would just be a uh, maybe an individual bit of, uh, brilliant, bit of brilliance. I must say, Ryan Fraser looked very old. Just a couple of questions. Did you, did you, uh, know, did you notice that, mate? You look very old man, Ryan Fraser. He he did. <laughs> three years, yeah. three years um, in the north, mate, tends to age you somewhat. I think. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> I was going to more go down the line of um, how much he enjoys eating pizza. And if and if anyone read the um, match day program last night, he's he's got a bit of an obsession with um, Taylor Swift as well. Um, Michael Warner uh, thinks that Taylor was maybe given a run out in case Morsey gets his fifth yellow card, just getting getting some minutes into his legs. I suppose that does make sense. But remember that when Morsey is on that um, disciplinary tightrope, he he seems to find a way not I think to this get is, booked in games. I think this is quite a long one to walk at the moment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'll be not getting booked until December. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, maybe he'll time it just right instead. Uh, Rob Hughes says he thinks Jackson might have played in Broadhead's place had he been fit. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people were speaking about Jackson, weren't they, as coming in with the pace and the break. But in the end, the way the game set up wasn't how I expected it to go because I I thought we'd be looking to sort of really sit deep and try and hit them on a counter draw. I mean, but that wasn't really how it went in the end. Yeah, it was more, as it turned out, it it was more a game for Hutchison. Sorry, Hutchinson to have his have the ball at his feet and run at people, wasn't it? Rather than knocking it behind and have someone like Jackson running into space. Mm. And just get getting into the game, pretty even start. the The conditions were were pretty awful, weren't they, Joe? Wet, wet and windy, blustery. Um, neither team really got a grip on the game, but we got a corner down our right, 
uh, Amari Hutchison whips it in and on seven minutes, the ball's in the back of the net, but the ref has already blown his whistle basically before it hits the net. Wasn't too many complaints from our players. Um, Craig, you were watching this on telly, so you probably got a slightly better view of this than us, but what, what do you think the ref saw there? Not a clue. No idea whatsoever. No, they, and um, I didn't, I, I, I watched the replays back today. I watched the match highlights and the longer extended bits and pieces today. And I don't think um, our co- commentators knew Westlake and um, Wheeler. They didn't, couldn't see anything. And you, you could watch it back two or three times. There just doesn't seem to be. No one's bundled over. No one seems to have their shirt pulled. Um, there just doesn't seem to be anything. And as you say, we didn't complain too much. But as I was saying before we started, whether that's by virtue of us just tr- needing to get back into position to stop the you know, the Southampton attack, you haven't got time to harangue the the referee anymore because we're getting back into position. So um, maybe why we didn't complain too much, but no, I didn't see anything wrong with it at all. Yeah, a bit of a weird one. Apparently the commentators on BBC Radio Soden couldn't couldn't find a reason for that that goal to be ruled out, That probably which probably tells its own story. Southampton were looking to play slowly and purposefully from the back. Um, even saw Russell Martin sprint to the front of his technical box to stop a quick counter-attack and um, trying to get rid of the chaos in the game, um, which which was strange to watch from a, a home team, but that seems to be the, the way that he does things. Um, we're presented with a few half chances from them playing out from the back. And on the half hour mark, Joe, they're made to pay for some of their cumbersome play, aren't they? Yeah, and this is probably the first time we really catch them playing out from the back, isn't it? And it's Charles tries to drive forward with a ball, but he just, Dilly dallies onto it a little bit, doesn't he? And he just um, sort of has a look round and doesn't just doesn't see Hutchinson. Hutchinson flies in there and puts a great tackle in, and not just that bounces back up off the floor straight away. And Chaplin gets the ball, picks it up, and rolls it. And I think Hurst does well to get out of the way of it because it looks like it, it, the ball to me at first looked like it was to Hurst where we were in the away end, but it goes through to Hutchinson, and he just sort of does a sliding finish, and it's. Well, it's a perfect finish. It's in off the post. The keeper's got no chance. And he follows up a Premier Premier League quality goal with a Premier League quality celebration with a superb sort of cartwheel and flip. Absolutely. Straight out of uh, your playbook from the Cricket Fields of Essex, wasn't it, Craig, that celebration? Yeah, very much so. Once once I've managed to scratch around for two or three runs, I'm very often seen somersaulting around the outfields of uh, North Essex and South Suffolk, mate, yes. Wonderful. Um, after yet more superb defending from the front, we incredibly we come incredibly close to scoring a second goal five minutes later. A little bit of deja vu here from the Sunderland game early on in the season. Southampton not learning their lesson. Chaplin dinking it onto the crossbar, Craig, and then it falls to Hurst just as it did at Sunderland. And it looks like this time he gets the shot right, but somehow it's deflected wide. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and as as Joe said, you know, these. And as as was proven in the the Leicester game on Friday, they just don't seem to learn their lesson, do they? It's absolutely bizarre. Um, obviously, they're just drilled in to keep doing it and keep doing it. But I thought the Southampton fans were relatively patient, all things considered, having seen their team ship goals on Friday and then to a, a League One team last year, had the same thing, carbon copy, happening all over again in front of their eyes. Um, there were a smattering of boos, but cross I'll be losing my rag if we just kept trying to do the same thing keep getting caught out um but this time it's taylor actually isn't it um nicks it off aruba uh, in midfield um and then mm-hmm. slips it through to chaplain and yeah it's a lovely 
lovely little dink from Chaplin, just unfortunate it wasn't six inches lower. Um, I think you know, Hurst does exactly what he needs to do, but it's just a good block by the defender. It uh, skews wide. And at this stage of the game, it really felt like it was ours for the for the taking there because I, I know um, Russell Martin spoke about it in the post-match conference about how they re- react badly to when they make mistakes. And it was that way against Leicester, that way against Sunderland. And it's just when they go one down, they just totally panic. And they'd, they'd been playing out from the back fine. They'd probably been marginally the better side up until our goal. But from that point until half time, it was 15 minutes of just utter carnage for them defensively. They, they were just so poor at that point. And it really felt like we needed to try and make them pay with a second goal before half time. And we had that one. We had the chance Burns had is from them playing out from the back. And it was just, I don't know, it was just incredible just to be in the stadium and see it. And it was just, you could just see what's happening. You could see how rattled they were. And even at the start of the second half, there's like a couple of times where Harwood Bellis just gives the ball away. And and then um, he, he was like, his arms were up and he was flapping about. And the game was still in play at this point. And he was just like turning away from the ball, getting so angry about giving the ball away until they shifted him out of position. I think they'd moved Charles forward at that point. But it was just, I don't know, it's just incredible to see. They, they did get out of that funk and did improve from that point onwards. But it mm. was just um, mad and one one mistake was compounded by another compounded by another and i said we, we could have just totally sewn that game up in that period but it puts a lot of onus um joe doesn't on two center offs who are what 19 and 21 years old however old they are it's not as and, if they're... And, the, and that charles is, was is mainly mainly being a central midfielder through most mm. of his youth career as well yeah it's, yeah it was good to see wasn't it joe were you maybe a little bit disappointed at half time that we were only one goal up did he did he worry that Southampton couldn't couldn't be as poor in the second half? Well, I think so because you see you see their squad and, and for all the goals they've conceded, which is a lot, they they have got, got goals in them in every game and they have they have scored in nearly every game, scored quite a few goals. So it's not like they've conceded seventeen and scored four. They've they've got a lot of goals as well, and with the players they've got, they're always going to be dangerous. And it did feel a little bit of a missed opportunity there to really put what is on sort of on paper one of the toughest game of the season there seemed a real opportunity to put that to bed while they, ha- they while they were like rabbits in headlights and we just didn't take advantage of that mm. but uh, generally a really good away performance in that first half um Southampton as expected came out pretty quickly at the start of the second half um had perhaps a few of us fearing the worst Sladke makes a superb stop with his face um early in the second half I think it was Che Adams that one he he, he got through um, Taylor Williams and Clark. I'm going to shout out to all three of these for some booming tackles as Southampton looked to hit us on the break because there were some quite quick transitions in that game, but we always managed to just get the tackle in, didn't we, Craig? And that that definitely uplifted the home fans, uh, the away fans as well. Yeah, well, there was a, there was a crunching one, wasn't it, from Williams on Adams in the first half that he got his yellow card for. Um, mm. But then, yeah, as you say, in the second half, Clark um, was playing like a man possessed um yesterday i think i think it may have been jules um mentioned in the comments that he looked like he got his his yard of pace back um which which he did you know he looked back to his tail end of last season um self didn't he uh, in terms of his his aggression and and his um pace um i can't think who it was on but in the second half he he ran back and just he was behind the guy running back towards our goal and managed to hook his foot around and and clear it um so yeah both him and Williams are two um, pretty terrier-like uh, fullbacks, and they don't—they're not scared of um, getting stuck in those two. Definitely not. Joe, Joe, do you think 
um, Clark maybe benefited from just having quite an obvious task on his hands. Not not an easy one, defending one and one against Ryan Fraser, but it was very much stay stay wide, stay tight to him, and he stuck to that task and did really well. Do you think maybe there being less less emphasis on him getting forward attacking wise in that first half maybe helped him a little bit? Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely did help him in that side. But we we seem to have a very different game plan to what we've had in other games this season. It, it almost felt like McKenna was like, we're just going to make sure we stay in a good defensive shape the whole game. Press them high when they try and play it from the back. But as soon as they beat the press, you just drop back get into shape. And we effectively were w- almost waiting for them to make mistakes to try and pounce on those to attack as opposed to trying to turn it into a sort of basketball-style match like we had against Leeds a few weeks back. It was almost like, we just, we're just going to trust ourselves that we're going to we're going to be better than you and, and you're going to make a mistake. We're going to defend well and you're going to make a mistake in this game. And I think Clark definitely benefited from that where he was more of an orthodox right back, really, wasn't he? As opposed to a right centre back who is also a right wing back and a, getting down, getting so high up the pitch the other side. He, he It was it was much more four two three one than it has been in in recent weeks. A little bit more rigid, wasn't it? Uh, Masluongo came on for for Taylor, um, and we recaptured some control in midfield. Just a quick question on Taylor there, Craig. What what do you think of his debut? There were some really good bits, some fantastic mm. tackles, as I mentioned, some nice clipped passes, but we were a little bit sloppy in possession in central midfield last night, I thought, at times. Yeah, yeah, we were. And um in the first twenty minutes, even even Morsey was um, mm. relatively sloppy uh, on the ball, um, and I, but I think by virtue of having a tail in it, so I, I just sort of got sort of echoes of when he was playing with Cameron Humphreys and just maybe having to do a little bit of his work as well as his own work, um, and then maybe that had a little bit of a knock on effect on on his game. But as Joe said, there it looked that our two um, two centre midfielders were playing a lot deeper, which obviously isn't really um, Taylor's game. I do just still wonder whether he's struggling from a technical perspective. You know, he doesn't quite look up to technically um, the championship just yet, um, but obviously I've got no reason at all to suggest that the coaching he's receiving every day won't um, won't improve that um, many times over. But as, as you rightly say, Mikey, once Luongo did come onto the pitch, it just settled things down and we got a, a greater foothold in the game and obviously Morsi's got his mate back that he can rely on to to do the job next to him. Absolutely. And pretty soon after he came on, uh, Connor Chaplin has a volleyed effort saved us after some good wing play from Burns. I thought Burns was um his final ball wasn't wasn't great at times last night, but I thought that he was always a threat, just like the the Leeds game earlier this season. It's pretty end to end at this stage. Um we eventually make a double sub on on the 70th minute, Williams and Hurst, who were both absolutely dead on their feet, weren't they, Joe? <laughs> replaced by Don Ball and Dane Scarlett. Uh, Don Ball went across to right back. Um, Harry Clark went over to left back. And I think they immediately, uh, Southampton swapped their wide forwards over as well to try and get the, the nippy winger that came on. I can't remember his name. One-on-one against Don Ball. Um, but what did you make of the decision to bring on Scarlett, Joe, rather than... Rather than Ladapo, I, th- I think it was probably the right choice in that that the game was still quite stretched at this point, wasn't it? And for all Ladapo's qualities and which he's shown in recent weeks, I th- he is better when the game is sort of more compact and you're and you're trying to play the ball into him into the box. He's not a he's not a brilliant presser of the ball, especially when he hasn't got 
sort of back up from the midfield. I, I know that's a thankless task, but Scarlett does seem to work. Did seem to work sort of the wider area the, of the pitches more and and get, and get about a bit more than what Ladapo would have expected to do in that. And I think it was good to give him his debut. Good to get him in there because hopefully he's going to be a big big part of the season. Absolutely, I thought he showed some pretty good touches as well. Blue Bluey says he would have saved Dame for the cup or Blackburn. Is Freddie going to be happy? Sensitive one. I don't don't know if we have to worry too much about that. To be Craig, I don't think so. No, I think you know, Ladapa knows knows the the situation. I think it just it was just a point, as Joe's saying there. It probably just did need to carry on that that press from the front. And as as Joe said, it probably not isn't um, Ladapo's game. Um, even for even for 25, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it happened to be, um, but it would be nice to see. I think Scarlett probably will play in that in that Wolves game um, potentially yeah. from the start as well. Um, it'd be nice to see um, him from the start and see what he, what he can do just to put some pressure on on uh, Hurst from a starting perspective. Hmm. I think there's half a chance we might see Ladapo and Scarlett from the start in that game, but hmm. but we'll see. Won't be a lot can change between between now and then. Um, Wolfenden and Burgess, I'm going to shout them out for this this part of the match. They were absolutely imperious, just clearing everything. Wolfenden especially was like a magnet to the ball last night and, as always, chilled in possession as well. Um, Hutchinson and Chaplin are replaced by Harness and Broadhead. Joe's already mentioned it. Broadhead just comes on and it's, it, the, game, the game just looks easy for him, doesn't it? Um, Harness fails to make the most of a chance on the counter. Um that that looked like quite a good chance that Harness had there, but he he went to take the shot quite early with his right foot when he when it was on his left. Um, but to be honest, Joe, it was pretty nerve wracking that seven minutes of injury time. Can't can't lie, but we sort of held them at arm's length, didn't we? Yeah, and I think other than that very early chance in the second half that Adams had where it hit Hladke's face, they didn't really create any any chance of note, did they? There was there was a couple of balls across the box and a couple of times where had they got sort of a slightly better touch, they might have got a shot away. But they, it's not like, I, like I say, did Hladke make a There was a save from Manning, but that was a fairly regulation save, wasn't it? It was a 25-yard shot, which was, I don't know if that had gone in, you'd have been asking big questions over him. No, I think I think we just got our shape so right defensively and and also it's not just that when we made the changes, we were able to lose the players who were maybe, had their race run that night and so I think big shout out and as he's been mentioned about Harry Clark for that performance yesterday, like when, when you see there's sort of been these question marks over his fitness and the, the amount of running he put in last night. And then he was a player that had to go across the left because we just didn't have another option to go there when Williams yeah. was sort of had been dead on his feet for about 10 minutes. And I think him, I think Harry Clark and Wes Burns, those two, the amount of the amount of effort those two put in the wide positions was incredible. And that's sort of not taking anything away from Wolfie and Burgess at the back who were superb, but just that, just that energy to keep going, knowing that we haven't got the subs, that they're not going to be able to be the ones that are withdrawn from the game to to sort of leave it from there. And I, that, they really stood out. But yeah, they, I say we were, we were relatively untroubled, weren't we, through, through the whole game, even before we scored to after we scored. You look at the things like the XG count and... I think it was mentioned in the Telegram this morning from the Sheffield Wednesday game and yesterday's game where we were 1-0 up for over half these games. We conceded a total of XG of 0.81. No big chances conceded in that time. It's pretty, like I say, it's pretty impressive to go away from home and do that back-to-back, isn't it? Very yeah. impressive indeed. Craig, I know I know you weren't there last night, um, but where does this... 
away performance rank among the best under Kieran McKenna. It felt pretty special. Yeah, well, I, I suppose it sort of. I just, I just wonder from a belief perspective, um, from the correct, from a supporters' perspective, and also from a players' perspective. You know, you you can probably expect having got the momentum from last season up to the international break to sort of see, I don't know, adrenaline and momentum seeing us through to that point. But we've had the break. Everyone's had a chance to reevaluate themselves and opposition have had a chance to see how we play. Yet, following on from that, we've now gone two away games. And this is the second away game in four days to two, which are tricky places to go. And as Joe said, we've come away with... Um, two clean sheets, and not just that. As Jack, and I think it was Jack in the Telegram, just to give him a shout out, um, pointed out no big chances and an XG of less than one across across both games. You know, it's and I just I just think that you're start now starting to see the belief in the players as well. That oh, hang on a second, you know, we've managed we trodden over everyone for the last two months, three months of last season, whatever it happens to be. Now we've sort of got the first half a dozen games out of the way. In or four or five games out of the way before the international break, we're going again now, and it's still working. Um, and Westlake made a, a point on the commentary saying that you can, he can see that these guys now just completely trust everything that McKenna tells them. You know, they will do whatever he tells them because they know damn well that what he's telling them is currently exactly the right thing to do. And it, and it's not just that. I think um, Mick Mills making some points on radio stuff that I managed to tune into a little bit on the way back, but effectively saying that. Like I said, we've, we've gone to Southampton, which is obviously one of the toughest places to go this season. We haven't got Christian Walton. We haven't got Leif Davis. We didn't have Nathan Broadhead in the side. And it was a real, not, I'm not saying it was a rotator team, but it, but it was a team where you've made sort of maybe some changes that you maybe wouldn't have liked to have made if it was a cup final. You maybe wouldn't, you wouldn't have played that team because of the sort of scheduling that we've had to. And not just that, you've used that whole bench. You've used five players off that bench and they've all come in and you're sort of really down in the sort of, players 18 19 20 in the squad and they're all still contributing they're all still stepping in and just the levels aren't dropping at all when when you take those out that everyone knows their role so well the team is like I said that was a different game plan to what we played with all season and to to go out there off the back of what probably one training session get that game plan into the team that to have a few different players have five subs come on during the game and be able to continue it I think it shows what a special manager and squad we've got at the moment Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. 
NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Absolutely. Rob Hughes certainly agrees. He said both players and fans have such faith in McKenna's judgment right now that he could play chappers in goal and we'd all just nod along. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant feeling to have, isn't it? And just a world away from where we have been in the not not too distant past. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep keep your questions um coming in. Julian Took says his mum's still in love with Mick Mills. Um I think a lot of um people across Suffolk are still in love with Mick Mills, aren't they? <laughs> um let's um let's look at the other results from Tuesday night. Obviously, a lot of listeners might be listening to this um after Wednesday night's. Uh, matches have happened, but we'll we'll run through them anyway. The ones that we do know Norwich about. lost four um, four nil <laughs> would be nice. Although that knocks us out of the top two, doesn't it, um, Craig? Um, Sheffield Wednesday were um, leading for a lot of that match against Middlesbrough. Ended up one one. Bit of a relegation encounter that one. Bristol City impressive four one win at home against Plymouth. Um, Plymouth made QPR seven got changes. A injury time equaliser. Yeah, Plymouth made seven changes. Yeah, um, interesting one that um, with what was it three and a half thousand visiting fans probably wasn't too popular that decision. Uh, Cardiff seems to be on the up since since we beat them a three two win against Coventry and Preston just absolutely flying, aren't they? Another two one win. They're not going to be the Plymouth this season, are they? Where we say they can't keep doing this. Yeah, that's what Steve's just put in the chat, actually, asking that exact same question. Well, hopefully um, we're the Plymouth we're the Plymouth this season. Yeah, would be nice, wouldn't it? Um although we won't complain too much if we're not spoken about constantly. Um let's have a quick look at that uh, league table as well. How things stood after Southampton near Lipswich won. So yeah, Preston, top of the league, still unbeaten, won the last five. Um we're just one point behind them, 18 points from, from seven matches. Do we know, or does anyone know in the chat, what the what the average points that we need per game is to probably make the playoffs? It's something like 1.2, isn't it, Jay? It wouldn't That's be quite that low, but it'd be what, um, if you said like 55 more points needed over the last 39 games. Yeah, forgive me if it wasn't Chris, but some, someone in points per game. Yeah, someone in the Telegram was saying that it needs to... Was it Telegram saying that it needs to be basically top 10 form now to potentially see us in the top six? Having got off to the start, we've got off to... Mm. Not that I'm saying we should yeah, go aim for top 10 form now. <laughs> Southampton down in down in 11th after three straight defeats and set to end uh, this get, match week in the, in the bottom half. Um, Blackburn... Um, they could end tonight in the top six. There's not really much point in me talking about that, is there? Because these matches are currently ongoing. Um, I'm sure people will keep us up to the date of the next um, few few minutes as we, we stay on air. Um, if you could get your questions in um, 
to help us along, help drive this conversation. I've um, got a few that I've starred here for you, Joe. Um, <laughs> Hutchison last night reminded me of Giovanni Dos Santos from Tim Cass and potential to be the less, best loan player since then. Could um, could be one of the most exciting to watch, potentially. And also, he's coming into a team which is so well-structured and with a manager who is so good, effectively, that if he's got two-thirds of the ability of Dos Santos, then he's probably going to be as good as him this season because it is it's just such an easy role to come into, isn't it? When, when everything is functioning so well around it. And it was really um, interesting listening to McKenna's post-match press conference talking about Hutchinson saying how when he spoke to him over the summer, he made a massive thing about how he thinks he could be one of the best players of his age in the, was it in the world he was saying, with regards to off-the-ball quality as a winger. And I guess this is interesting for a player who was sort of picked up by the F2 freestylers when he was about 10 years old and focused on YouTube videos as this skills player that a manager has now said, I can turn you into a good defensive player to go alongside that. And ultimately, if he wants to make it at the very top, which I'm sure he does, and I'm sure he's got every opportunity and chance to do so, then that this these are the things he needs to develop on this loan spell and like I say every game he's played he's got better and he really seems to be learning from what he's been told because the first couple of games it's almost like a, a little bit lightweight sort of pushed down and stopping and expecting the ref to give him something and it's just it's just picked up and from from each game it's just got better and better and I don't know how high his ceiling will be this season for us and I'm sure he'll have his dips and form in his first year of senior football but he does really look like we, we could have a special player here for this season. And also what it what it shows is that um, the parent club are going to get a much more rounded player back from us by virtue of the coaching that they're receiving you know, in a year's time. Not saying for one second that Chelsea are going to even contemplate using him at all, um, but it, it sort of shows the wider footballing world that you can trust Ipswich and McKenna to you know, nurture your kids and get the best out of them. And, you know, it could be a a very um, lucrative two-way uh, relationship with with various clubs in the Premier League. Should we get to, for example, should we get to January and need to get some proper um, high-level loans in? There's there's evidences there that we can, or McKenna can turn um, turn these players into even better players. There, there is a question on that from Norman Greenwell. Given how bloated Chelsea's squad is, is there a chance that we sign Hutchison permanently? He's going to be some player. I think I, I think they paid five million for him to get him from Arsenal last year. So whilst he isn't as high profile as some of their other signs, he was still a massive fee even there last year. So you're looking at a player that they're going to want to quadruple their money on, aren't they? As a, as a minimum. So yeah, if we get promoted, there's a, every chance we could be, go back into him. But these, yeah. I say, these players are a long way off, and it's it's not the case nowadays where you bring players in on loan and then you get promoted and you sign them. They're just too difficult deals to do because the fees are so high. You look at sort of Cameron Archer at Middlesbrough, excellent last season. Mm. He's gone to 18 million to Sheffield United this this season and things like that. It's, it's, it's crazy money. Absolutely. Be, yeah, probably more Giovanni Dos Santos than Keenan Bennett's um, from what we've, what we've <laughs> seen so far. Um, Alex Hare, a question on one of our other new signings. How is Taylor going to fit into the side in an eight position without losing the better qualities he has when in his typical 10 position? Yeah, I don't know really. I th- well, he's he's not going to currently dislodge the, the two that are there, is he? So, um, 
he's going to have plenty of time and plenty of coaching, as I said before. No. If if the potential is there, it will be found and it will be brought out of him to to play that role. Um, and it may be that it, over the course of the course of the season, it's a long old slog of a season that he will be needed to play in the in the ten role. You know, maybe that Chaplin or or Broadhead gets injured and he has to move further forward. Um, but you know, we saw in the um, in the League Cup game um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's getting into the box, breaking into the box, scoring goals. So um, he's already got that. Uh, string to his bow and that is potentially one of the more difficult skills to to teach isn't it is the timing of runs and breaking into the box to get on the end of things as a central midfielder um so i just i'd just like to see his technical ability just um polished a little bit to, to play that um continuation role if you see what i mean just to keep things turning over in a in a number eight position yeah not an easy game to come into that one the game was was played at high tempo wasn't it that, that was um, almost David Brent's and, business card there, I thought, with regards to potentially, if, if it's in you, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You'll I, never work for I, a manager I, like me. I personally don't think that he's played a lot in that deeper role. So whilst I thought he was good sort of at destroying, getting on the ball, nicking it, pressing it there, I think he was struggling with regards to receiving the ball sort of quite far quite close to his own goal and having more of the pitch in front of him and having bodies snapping around him as opposed to picking it up when you're sort of moving through the thirds. And I think that's where he got caught a couple of times, wasn't it? So mm. it's just how do you improve that without the match experience, which I guess will come. Indeed. We we had a bit of a discussion on Dane Scarlett earlier and I think this is your chauffeur, isn't it? Isn't it, Joe? Gary Haysman? It is Gary. The excellent um, Gary. <laughs> says he's not sure Dane can play in the cup thinks he came on for Spurs in the last round. Yeah, that, that, that rings a bell. Yeah. Gary, yeah. Yeah. So Gary, let us know show. how much let us know how much Joe tips you for letting him drink in your car on the way to to and from games probably. Seems a bit of a piss take to me. And yeah, don't you have another question for Gary as well, Craig? I don't know, do I? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask him if he um if he picks up in um, Brighton. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Next time you're heading down the A12, Gary, if you want to just um, venture off down the A120 towards Brightlingsea, um, yeah, you can come and pick me up, and I can drink in the back of your car as Joe can drink in the front. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, ben Cook. Best news of the night was Leaf's injury not serious. That is good news, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, could, fantastic. Could we see news. him on Saturday against Blackburn? I don't know, McKenna didn't seem to rule it out did he i guess whether you just leave him one more game out and just but williams took a bang didn't he so the huddersfield game yeah mm-hmm. but he it's did hard look- for williams because he's so sort of up and down isn't he that it, you, you can tell whether he's sort of just over egging it or just sort of making it look bad to try and sort of use up a bit of time because there was times when he looked like he was quite bad and dead on his feet and then he'd pull this like 40 yard sprint out at full pace and then he'd sort of be on his haunches again so it's, I don't know it's, it's difficult to know the true fitness of anyone out there isn't it uh, to be fair when I watched um, and you, you may be able to see it on the videos that have come out today in terms of the celebrations after the match Davis was still limping when he was like joining the rest of the team uh, applauding the crowd and he did still look to my eyes untrained eyes should I hasten to add that he was walking with a bit of a limp Okay, interesting. Um, maybe it will be Harry Clark that goes across and plays right back again then. Um, a, a commented on something earlier on. I completely forgot about this, actually. I was going to comment on how good Ladke was last night. And I was thinking during the game, would we be able to play like this with with Walton in goal? Because Ladke's distribution is just 
so good. He looked so composed at the moment. But there was that one pass that he basically kicked it straight at Che Adams, I think, and it just basically went through him somehow. Um, yeah. And he'd just taken him on as well. He'd, yeah, it's just just, just like, after the crowd had given it a ray, yeah. and then it's like, ooh. <laughs> he <laughs> bent it round him, didn't he? Said, yeah. He just it, bent it round him. It's sort of about, a, I think if, if Adams was alert and alive, he could have been in trouble on that one. But that's an interesting point there, Mikey, about, um, you know, would is is Hlaki's maybe overconfidence on the ball um, just set, setting us, settling us down and allowing us to, to play as we are from the back? It's a really interesting point, actually. And, you know, as has been the, the conversation for the last two or three weeks is how quickly and easily will Walton come back into the team. I think Joe said at the weekend he's still our number one, which he is. But what it does do is just takes a hell of a lot of pressure off rushing him back. I mean, we don't have to worry about rushing him back into things. He can be fully fit now, can't he, before he, um, before we even contemplate it. Yeah. I mean, may- maybe we'll see him against Wolves. Um, who who knows? Um, Steve says it's 1.38 points per game to get us to 72 points at game 46. Still a long way off, isn't it? But but yeah, these are these are good times at the moment. Still Panther uh, says Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer have praised Kieran McKenna because they believe that he can get Ipswich promoted into the Premier League. That was um, an exciting one, wasn't it? Hearing Ipswich Town spoken about in a very popular podcast. Although, do you feel a little bit protective over Kieran McKenna, Joe? Would you rather they weren't talking about him? Uh, I, I, it's, it's unavoidable now because he's getting so much right in every facet of his job, isn't it? That it's... You, you can't hide you can't hide him in plain sight can you he is every boardroom in the country will know what McKenna's doing here and it's just I, 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 just, I think we're in quite a fortunate position because obviously he, you can tell he loves it here he's onto a very good thing and the that maybe the level of team that he'd probably leave us for probably wouldn't come to a manager from the championship if that makes sense so I think we're probably in we're probably in quite a fortunate position that obviously the big six wouldn't come down this far, but when even when you look at like maybe like a West Ham or an Aston Villa or a team of that of that sort of standing, and I don't think they'd be looking to recruit a manager from the Championship. So I think we'd probably be just about okay for at least this season and hopefully yeah. longer because yeah, he's a very very special manager, isn't he? Indeed. Um, a asks, should Amari replace Burns on Saturday? Takes the ball past the Venice for fun and can score a goal. I I actually expect, despite that brilliant performance, Hutchison to start from the bench on Saturday. Um, what say you, Craig? Yeah, potentially as well. Um, you know, now Broadhead's had twenty or so quarter an hour, twenty minutes last night, um, just to keep him ticking over. But I wouldn't be surprised to see us go back to Luongo's centre midfield. Back, back, basically back to what as close to our what we know to be our starting eleven again um, come Saturday because there won't be a game on Tuesday for a lot of them, will there? They'll they'll have a uh, a week off from the the Wolves game. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Hutchison is uh, back on the bench, back for Broadhead to be starting. Okay, can have a look through some of these other comments. Got one here from. Kieran McKenna says, please like if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, yeah, Kieran McKenna says to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, Joe Cook, is Don Ball's role now just to be a utility player? I mean, maybe it is, Joe, but he's he's doing a pretty good job at it, isn't he, so far? 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think it. I think it probably is because when you look at the central midfield options, he hasn't really had a go in central midfield all season, has he? I, I, you sit there and you see that we've obviously got Cameron Humphreys, Jack Taylor, Lee Evans, who can play in that role, and but he's a he's obviously a very valuable squad member. He's a good character around the squad, and it's one of those things he's going to be on the bench in every game this season at the very least is he's going to be in every match day squad this season that he's fit for because he does just offer you a number of options and I say he's doing well he did well when he came on last night in what wasn't an easy game to come into in a bad position they brought that Suleiman on was it the guy that had been sent off on Friday who was mm. just absolutely rapid and he sort of handled him all right I think there was maybe a little bit of luck with an offside call mm. where had it not been offside which it was offside he might have been in a bit of trouble yeah <laughs> he looked in he looked to be in a lot of trouble I don't know about a, a bit of trouble he couldn't grab hold of him let alone kick him poor boy <laughs> that was one thing I found quite interesting last night that played into our hands massively the ref just did not give yellow cards for professional fouls on the halfway line. The amount of times we pulled players back or took players' legs away, Amari Hutchison has wiped wiped their player out a couple of times, and I think he went off without even getting booked. Yeah, Hutchison, I think at one point, I think he ended up with like six fouls and not a yellow card. And after the second one, I said to him, oh, he's he's going to get booked the next time he does a foul. That's right, he's going to get booked the next one. And then Williams then wiped out Adams. (laughs) It's like, okay, Williams has now taken the card that Hutchison was due to get. And yeah, he just didn't get it. But no, the ref was a bit lenient. Hmm. Matt Phillips, do we expect Axel Twanzebe to come into the team once he's up to speed? Surely you can't drop Burgess, Craig. Um, well, I don't know. I can't imagine he will. But yeah, just on the Burgess point, I think he's, he was, again, last night, you mentioned it earlier, Mikey, he was colossal last night, again. Mm. And as we were chatting about in the Telegram group, currently, yeah, very early in the season, he's got to be player of the season so far, isn't he, in terms of the step up and what really realistic and and turns out wrongly at the moment we all thought he may struggle given the the step up in quality he has just taken his performances up to yet another level we all sort of assumed that um Luke Wolfenden would do it um Joe more than most but I thought you know the the, the level of Burgess has, has come at an absolute bonus to everyone I'd have thought and you know fair play to the guys he's really really reveling in that role and you know he's he's doing the dirt, the the dirty stuff, you know, disrespectful to headering and kicking it and tackling people. But you know, both him and Wolfenden were doing that last night when they slink, thrown themselves in the way of things. But you know, he's really, really stepped up his game this uh, this season. And I can't imagine um, Twenzebe is going to come straight back in, straight into the team on the on the back of it for that reason. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. But hopefully, we'll get to see Twenzebe. That's another one for the for the Wolves game. That's the beauty of still being in the Carabao Cup and why. I'd- quite like us to to go as far as we can in that one. Um, Ashley Walker's observation, defenders taking goal kicks last night to avoid another Hladke booking. I think it's just something we've done. We've, yeah. we've done pretty generally as it is, but I think they just like to mix it up a little bit, don't they? It gives a different angle, gives you a mm. pass, but I know I still find could it be strange. Some, could be something it. in that though, because I, I think maybe he means just the player... It was always the player standing over the ball and quite a lot of the time the player was moving the ball across the six-yard box with their hand. Yeah. And I guess if what... it's in the possession of the of the defender, that means 
they can't the book the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what they're doing. You noticed it that Flecky was getting it and rolling it or throwing it straight to the defender. So as you rightly say, Mikey, that it was at the defender's foot rather than Flecky's foot, um, running the mm. risk of getting a yellow. Okay, judging by the comments, um, that I'm a quarter of the way there in my Norwich prediction is what you're saying, Mikey. Yeah, Leicester, are, Leicester are one 0 up against Norwich. Happy days. Um, although that sees us drop out of the the top two. Um, I think we've already covered this one from Football Head 7. Do you think Walton will come straight back in? I think McKenna appreciates Ladke's ability to break lines and start attacks. I think he does as well. I I think it's Ladke's shirt to lose at the moment. Um, But Walton is a a class act and he's one of our top earners as well, isn't he, Joe? Yeah, I, I personally think Walton will come straight back in when he's fully fit. I, I don't envisage Walton sitting on the bench for a particularly long period. Hmm. Yeah, it does probably probably seems unlikely. Um, a says Burgess is the general at the back. He organises and calls the line. He does, doesn't he? And, um, yeah. and what was also no, good... there's just no reason to mix anything up at the moment, is there? The, Certainly, the, and and I know I've just said I sort of bring Walton back in for Hadkin expected to happen but just that defensive line since Wolfenden and Burgess have been playing together as a, that um those pair of center backs our defensive record is incredible so what yeah you just wouldn't change it at this point because he's proving every week that he can step up to this level and also yeah. he's he's a he's a thinker of the game isn't he I think McKenna said last year didn't he that um he was in all the meetings. He's he was very vocal and um, had his say in the team meetings. And also, the PFA video that came out this week, didn't it? The guys yeah, doing their yeah. their coaching badges. Yeah, he was very um, at the fore in in that uh, in that video as well. Wasn't doing you know one of the ten that are doing their coaching badges. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Just just going back to to Walton. Do we think? Do we think that we've we've spoken about what Ladke does really well, but? Uh, Michael Warner suggests that maybe we miss Walton's height and his ability to pick the ball out of the air and be calm and calm everything down. Hadke's um, done a pretty good job at coming for crosses, but he does generally punch and flap, doesn't he? A little bit. Um, yeah. I suppose that is something that we we will benefit from if 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 and when Walton does come back into the side, isn't it? Yeah, but as I say, it's just it's just a lovely position to be in, isn't it? It's just um, forgive me, I can't think who it was was saying again in the Telegram, but we've now got the player, the goalkeeper that we thought we were buying you know, when Paul Cook bought Hladke in. You know, he's he's now showing what we thought we were going to get in the first instance. So I say it just takes the pressure off having to rush Walton back for any reason. Yeah. Um, another question on Brandon Williams. Would you keep him as a sub um, for left-back or right-back or start him ahead of Clark or Leaf? I think it's very difficult to not, not start Leaf Davis when he's fit. Yeah, I think, I I think, think Leaf Clark Davis showed everyone. Yeah. Clark showed everyone how good he he can be last night as well, didn't he? But Brandon Williams is going to get games, though, isn't he? He's going, yeah, he's going to get a lot of games. McKenna said in training he's been working as a right back, hasn't he? So that is, okay. I guess, where they envisage him because after the Davis injury, he said he's been sort of training as a right back, and now he'll come in and play left back. But we, I said because at the time people were saying, "Well, who's this assigning to replace?" And I said, "Well, ultimately, we've now got three excellent fullbacks for this level in Clark Davis and Williams and and those three you're going to need you're going to need that to get you through the end of the season because the drop down sort of between Clark to Danashian especially in a sort of all-round sense is a big drop off as it was from Davis down to Greg Lee where now you've got three of your better players who 
are covering two positions effectively. And yeah, one of them's probably going to be unhappy most weeks, but that is how it works in the squad. And if you're winning every week and they're getting their win bonuses then and potential Premier League wages next season, then they'll soon get over it. <laughs> like us, Joe. Absolutely, yeah. they will. Just, just like us. Yeah, these win bonuses are really coming in handy at the moment, <laughs> aren't they, Greg? <laughs> um, Joe, I'm going to come straight back to you here. Can you ask this question and then answer it for me, please? And um, yeah, the thoughts on Tawanda Chiruera moving from Ipswich to Wolves, and I think it's a it's a sad one because he's a very very talented young player, and I think anyone who's seen the under twenty ones over the years would have seen him sticking the ball in the top corner or picking out a perfect pass as he did on his Wolves debut yesterday for the under-21s. But this move has been a long time coming and he's... I, I, I'm, I, think, I always think I'm pretty fair with young players, probably over-fair. And when people talk about players' attitudes and bits like that, I always think it's a little bit unfair. But in this case you watch him in games and his attitude often during games would just absolutely stink in that he would be just walking around the pitch for five, 10 minutes at a time, waiting for the ball to come to him. And then when it comes to him, he'd come alive and do something good. But you you could see why the coaches were frustrated with him. But I think he checked out of Ipswich a long time ago, to be fair. So I don't want to sort of besmirch him too much. And I, like I say, hopefully he goes on and has a long, successful career. I'm sure we'll be covered on that side. But I think he's going to find it very difficult to flick a switch from where he's been at Ipswich to where he now is at Wolves, where it's going to need to take a real step change in his attitude with regards to... In, and I'm only talking about in-game here. I'm not talking about training, anything like that, because I don't know and no one does. But just in-game, he, he's not going to be allowed to just walk around the pitch and sulk where he was He was here because he was under contract. We were hoping he'd sign a new one and we are hoping when he did sign a new one that he would then sort of sort of buck out of that problem that he was having here. But it, it hasn't happened. That is a crazy thing to be doing at that age, to be checking out. <laughs> when uh, such a crucial part of his his development but yeah like you say good good luck to him and um if he does become the player that he thinks he will then yeah we'll be would be well looked after as you say um if you've enjoyed this show please please give us a like on on youtube um join us on the telegram if you're not already on there please buy a ticket for the for the live show um after the preston game i know that um we've managed to extend the opening hours at BT's after the game. So you don't even have to leave Portman Road before before coming to watch the live show. And uh, speaking of live shows, there's two more coming your way um, on YouTube later this week. Rich is back alongside Seb um, for this week's pre-match show, looking ahead to the Blackburn game. Um, Rich reliably informs me that he's no longer hung over from his 21st birthday celebrations at the weekend. That's um, on Friday at 8pm. And the OGs, um, Ben and Dave, will be doing the flagship after the Blackburn game at 8pm on Sunday. Um, they're likely to be joined by by one of you two, I imagine, as well. Um, that's Craig and Joe, not me talking to the to the audience. That's going to be you, Joe. Excellent. Um, before we go, and I'll I'll come to the chat for this as well. This this is one of the more difficult ones this season. Who was your man of the match from the Southampton game? Um, I'll go with. Luke Wolverton, I thought he was. That's probably that's probably the best performance I've seen him put in in a town shirt. Excellent. Yeah. Would you go along he, with 
Yeah, him or his mate next to him. As I said earlier, singing the praises of Burgess. I just think he's just been so constant all year so far. Um, but as you say, Mike, it's just it's what a great position to be in is that it could have been one of seven or eight of them, couldn't it? You know, the two fullbacks yeah. um, last night were, yeah, were Jules, back, back to their best. Jules has gone for Clark. Um, I think I'm inclined to agree with Jules on that one. It, he had such a good game up against some tricky players and also had mm. to do it. Out of, out of position mid-game. Um, a, he's gone for Hutchison. I mean, he was the match winner, wasn't he, for goodness sake? He had a fantastic I, game. I think he played 80 minutes as well, didn't he? So it's not like he went off really early, unless unless I'm mistaken on that one. Charlie D's gone with Wolfie. Um, admittedly, um, Hutchison hasn't played many games, but I think you could say for Wolfie, Harry Clark and Amari Hutchison, it was their best performance in an Ipswich Town shirt and I know yeah. that's and Brandon Williams cause, I'd say yeah yeah because Wolfie's played 150 games Clark's <laughs> played 25 Hutchinson's played three three and yeah, yeah so, same with Brandon Williams but yeah I think all four of those like you say adding in Williams there is true that is their best performance in Ipswich Town shirt excellent and yeah all of the other supporting cast absolutely worked their socks off so yeah um join us join us again on Friday night um looking ahead to the Blackburn game um, quite a lot of expectation on that one now. I think <laughs> some of us are maybe expecting to to rock up at Portman Road and have an easy win, but it's not going to be like that. That's not how the championship is. Um, he says it's great how many options we have for man of the match. Absolutely, it is. But yeah, thanks everyone for watching, and um, for those of you that have listened after the facts as well. Um, going to end with this lovely picture of Amari Hutchison, especially good as it covers up Craig. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone. I'll give you the the final word, Joe. Um, I know you're off to bed now, so let's let's hear it. Uh, well, I just an ama- another amazing showing from the Blue Army in the crowd as well. I thought the crowd, just the numbers on a Tuesday night and the roads back were torturous, sort of there and back. Everyone knew that the trains were not running great, and I, I just thought the crowd was superb again. And you do look down at the players looking up at the crowd and you can see they think sort of, wow, what a following we've got. And we're doing ourselves proud as a club. The fans are doing the club proud and the players are as well. Brilliant. Massimo. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.